You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And on today's show, one of the original members of the show joining us, John Kegley, on with us today. Before we get started, we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons during our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly. I also write for the LA Football Network, but we've been doing the Locked On Chargers podcast together, covering the Chargers for the last four seasons, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into another Free Agent Friday. I know it's pretty much been a free agent week for you guys, but things are ramping up. The Chargers still haven't cut anyone until this point, so we're still kind of waiting on all of that, but the rest of the league hasn't slowed down at all. But before we get started, a special thank you to anyone who's checking out the show for the first time, and a special thank you to all of our loyal fans checking back in with us again. If you don't already, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. On today's show, we're going to be starting with the news that the Chargers had a special request for Clemson running back Travis Etienne, according to reports. And we'll also talk about the bloodbath happening in the NFL, leading to the Kansas City Chiefs releasing both of their starting tackles on Thursday. So we're going to get into the effects of that. Now the entire AFC West offensive line outside of the Broncos is pretty much going to be changed. And then we're going to be getting into our bargain-free agents, or at least value-free agents, guys that aren't going to go for a top dollar in this upcoming market. That could come and help the Chargers. If you hear some frogs in the background, I apologize. We're doing the best we can over here. But in the second segment, we are going to be getting into the offensive side of things. It was a little tough there because we are big proponents of not signing free agent wide receivers. And a lot of the value probably as far as getting guys on smaller contracts offensively probably comes there. And with running backs, neither two of things that we're usually asking for. But to wrap up the show, I think we have a good amount of defensive free agents that can make a lot of sense for the Chargers that they wouldn't have to pay top dollar for. So let's go ahead and get into it. Some weird news came out for the Chargers on Thursday. At least some probably news we weren't expecting, I think. And Andrew Groover from NFL Network said that he was told LA Chargers asked running back Travis Etienne to stay after his pro day to return punts. So obviously for the Chargers, the punt return game has been pretty volatile. I mean, they've had a couple of guys who could get some returns for touchdowns and Travis Benjamin and also Desmond King, but... Desmond King couldn't hold on to a punt by his end days with the Chargers, and Travis Benjamin also once picked up a muff punt and took it into the end zone for his safety. So to say it's been an issue for this team is probably an understatement, I would say. But I would the big surprise here, I think, for this one is just the fact that the Chargers would be in the Travis Etienne game at all. The Chargers do have a running back who has a top eight cap hit in the league with Austin Eckler. They have a couple other guys in Josh Kelly and Justin Jackson that we envision to be in the fold in 2021. But the biggest thing is to me is just that if the Chargers want to go after Travis Etienne, that means it's going to be a second round pick, right? I mean, maybe even trading up earlier in the second round or even back into the first round to pick up a running back of this caliber. And for me, especially with the Chargers history of taking first round running backs, I mean, looking at Melvin Gordon, looking at Ryan Matthews, I mean, It's not a great track record for the team, and I would say that, especially given their current needs, David, 
it is a little bit surprising to see that, you know, they're asking to stay after to fuel punts. Like the punt part of it is not the surprise. Obviously, if you get someone that can improve your punt return game, you do it. But the fact that they could potentially be targeting Travis Etienne in the second round, I think would definitely be a surprise to most Charger fans. Yeah, that was a huge surprise to me. I was wondering why they felt the need to meet up with Travis Etienne. I mean, no, there's no doubt that he's a phenomenal player. I mean, it, his stats back that up uh, wholeheartedly, obviously, and he's a he's a definitely a weapon. He can, you know, out in the open space, he can make people miss. He he's got some power for a little guy. He, he scores nothing but touchdowns. Like he's a machine in that sense, but. Running back is not exactly a need that you would imagine would be high on the Chargers pecking order. So it is super surprising that they would meet with Travis Etienne because of the things that you mentioned. I mean, if they're going to pick him up, it's going to be second round, maybe into the first. But they have so many other needs that are so much more pressing. But maybe they don't see it that way. I mean, we did hear Tom Telesco talk about the how the the lack of run game efficiency and how that was an important need for them. So maybe running back is more important of a need to the team than they are letting on. When it'd be pretty silly to me to think that a lot of that wasn't due to the poor offensive line performance, right? And putting that on the running backs. I mean, the Chargers don't really have a typical goal to go running back. I mean, Josh Kelly was kind of supposed to play that role, but. It didn't work out that way after early on in the season. I remember he scored his first touchdown, and I was like, there's the physicality that you're looking for in the red zone, and then that all dissipated pretty quickly. But I think between him and Rondale Moore, who's a wide receiver, kind of slash running back that will also be you know, a borderline first-round pick, definitely a second-round pick at looking at this point at the latest, that's kind of surprising just given their current needs. And, John, I mean, the availability of some really, really good offensive linemen that could still be around in the second round. That's pretty alarming to me just because it doesn't seem to me like their priorities are straight and it seems like they think they need a lot more at running back when I know you're a proponent of, hey, get a guy who's a one-cut guy, get a bruising back, someone that you could find in the cheap, someone that you could find in undrafted free agency potentially and instead it looks like they could be going for a home run threat as opposed to some of the bigger needs on the roster. It actually worries me because I don't really think we should be taking a top two three pick and using it for a running back especially if you're gonna have to trade some of your draft picks to to do that you need a you need some offensive linemen or a defensive lineman in those first two or three picks and if you trade some of those picks just to move to the first round to get a running back you're not feeling your position of needs and their vital needs the trenches for the chargers are weak they're horrible and you need to build on those and building them in the draft is probably the cheaper option as well so the, to use one of your first three picks on a running back to me is a waste. I don't care how good he is. It's a waste because all it takes is for one knee injury during training camp and all that is gone. You still have no offensive alignment for the other running backs to work with. So I'm really hoping this is just the that mind game that Telesco plays where it looks like they're looking at something and everybody started to think, okay, maybe they might want to move up here. Maybe they might be targeting this and I don't know where they – flip the switch and they go for an offense or defensive line guy that you didn't see coming to keep people from picking him. I'm hoping it's a mind game. Yeah, and I mean, the last running back he traded up for obviously was Melvin Gordon, and it's hard to say that was a success. I mean, Melvin Gordon was fine, right? But to take a first-round running back in general is something that is frowned upon in the NFL these days, especially if you're not getting a game-changing type of player. And I don't even necessarily think he's the running back in this draft class 
that would fit the profile of what the Chargers need most, potentially. I mean, Justin Jackson, I think, could be that home run threat if he stays healthy. I'm not saying you rely on that. Austin Eckler is a guy who obviously turns a lot of things into, you know, from nothing into something. He's good at making those explosive plays happen, has, you know, an 85-yard touchdown catch on a screen pass on his resume, so he can obviously make some explosive plays there, but maybe they just don't really feel highly about this running back class that they have, this group that they have who has struggled to stay healthy or struggled with confidence. In the case of Joshua Kelly, maybe they do think it's a giant need. I just think it's farther down on the list than some of the, you know, than maybe potentially Tom Telesco is thinking, but when you draft a first-round running back, trade up for a first-round running back to get Melvin Gordon, it's hard to feel totally confident that he's not trying to target a very high running back. But the last thing I want to get into here is one of the surprising news releases on Thursday was that the fact that the that the Kansas City Chiefs have released both of their starting offensive tackles. Both Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher have both been released. They also have Austin Ryder, who is heading into free agency as well. And David, I mean, if you look at this AFC West, I mean, we knew it was going to be a bloodbath. The Chargers are probably going to release Trey Turner, so that's obviously something they're going to release. But they also have three offensive linemen that are headed into unrestricted free agency as well. Then you also have, you know, the Raiders, who are probably going to release Gabe Jackson, have released Richie Incognito, traded Trent Brown, and now you have at least 60% of the Chiefs' offensive line that isn't coming back. And it's just crazy to think of how much offensive line movement there is going to be in this free agency period, especially, you know, for a team like the Chiefs, who is pretty, you know, strapped for cash and isn't in a great salary cap space. I think they were still in the red even after those releases, but going to be a lot of movement at that position inside the division oh absolutely and not only around the division but around the nfl as well i mean the bloodletting has already begun with some of these teams and as we get closer and closer to the tampering period starting on monday it's going to happen even more so i think this weekend is going to be crazy with how many people are going to get cut and how many players are going to be looking for new new jobs and new teams to work for because of that salary cap situation it's going to be crazy but yeah i mean the chargers obviously going to be looking at at adding a couple of players on the offensive line probably in free agency and in the draft so but yeah it's crazy to see them the chiefs get rid of both of their tackles i mean i understand they were hurt and i understand that that was a big source of of pain for them in in the super bowl because the tampa bay buccaneers just terrorized those backup tackles and it really made a difference in the football game. So I've said many times availability is one of the best abilities. And if they can't get on the football field to help you, then, you know, they're really not much good to you. So I understand them getting rid of them, getting rid of these two guys. Although Schwartz is a phenomenal tackle. Fisher has been up and down in his career. So I'm sure these guys will find jobs. But, yeah, I don't think we've seen the last of these cuts. No, we definitely have it. I mean, there's many more to come. But. That's also what happens when you sign your quarterback to half a billion dollars. I mean, there's some you know concessions that are going to have to be made. I think we saw how important it was in the Super Bowl for you know a team like that to have a good offensive line, and now they're losing you know at least one of their best offensive linemen and Mitchell Schwartz for sure. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of get around that and if they can field a good starting offensive line for Patrick Mahomes. I still think they're going to be a great team. Still think they're going to be you know the favorite for the AFC West, but these kind of contracts are going to catch up to you eventually, and I think we've already seen it start to happen with the Chiefs. But we do have two more segments to get into because we are going to get into the bargain bin and try to find some value-free agents the Chargers could bring in to help out the team. So we're going to start on the offensive side of the ball coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official 
betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football may be over, but guess what? It's the best time to bet right now because it's March Madness, and we're going to have so many college basketball games. College basketball season has been super weird. There's going to be so many good bets out there. Somebody can win a lot of money with betonline.ag as this tournament starts to heat up. But even if you don't want to bet on that, you can even bet on awards, TV shows, reality TV. You can bet on NFL futures, on who's going to win the Super Bowl next year, who's going to win each division. So much to bet on. The best odds always come from betonline.ag. All you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On. That's free money to bet with at betonline.ag. Just use the promo code Locked On at betonline.ag for free money to bet with with your first deposit. All right, guys, well, now it's time to get into some value-free agents that the Chargers could be looking into. You know, this is part of our free agent frenzy, and it's free agent Friday. So we wanted to look at some guys that could potentially help the Chargers that wouldn't break the bank. And I think not all of these guys are going to come dirt cheap. You're not going to get a bunch of veteran minimum contracts. But I think there are a lot of guys that you can get at not top dollar that you could come in and have you contribute during the season and really help the team. So, David... When you're looking at some of the best value-free agents out there on the offensive side of the ball, I think there's more defensively, but I do think there's some guys offensively that could help the team as well that won't have to be paid like a top-five player at their position. Yeah, there definitely is, and you're right. It was more difficult for me to find some offensive guys that would can be considered as a, as a bargain free agent and guys that I think could could actually come in and, and make a difference or help in some capacity. So the first guy that I have on my bargain free agent list for the offensive side is guard John Miller. John Miller has played for several teams in the NFL. He's uh, he's been pretty steady. He's not great. He's been uh, I'd say a league average. He's he's a decent starter. Uh, I'd say a low end starter, but he's very good quality depth. He last year he played 932 snaps at right guard. He had six penalties, gave up a couple of sacks, and 26 total pressures. But again, this is a guy I'm bringing in to be like a backup offensive lineman and a guy that can come in and start and has starting experience for for you in a pinch. He's not a guy I'm bringing in to be the number one guy right away. But I think adding depth is uh, on the offensive line is important and the Chargers are going to see several of their offensive linemen go somewhere else in 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 this offseason. So, I think bringing in a guy that has starting experience that could come in and play decently for you is a good idea. So, guard John Miller is my first pick. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Definitely a guy that's not going to cost top dollar and I think I'm going to actually break one of my rules here because one of the guys I saw as a bargain free agent was Marlon Mack from the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, he had a big play against the Chargers a couple the last time those two teams met up and he looked pretty explosive then, but obviously had his season cut short, got hurt in the first game in 2020 and we didn't get to see much of him and their rookie Jonathan Taylor had one of the best rookie running back seasons in the NFL last year. So they're definitely ready to move on there. They're not going to pay Marlon Mack. And when you're looking at his stats, I mean, he's not a guy that's going to break a bunch of tackles. But I do think he is one of those guys that is the one cut running back that could fit good in this team for someone who is just mostly going to come in to run the ball. You're not worried about him, you know, catching a ton of passes or anything. I mean, in 2018, 2019, he had 1,999 rushing yards, 17 touchdowns. 918 of those yards came after contact. So a guy that falls forward, a guy that can get some tough yards when he needs to. And John, I think that even though 
We're not big proponents of bringing in free agent running backs given the situation with him coming off of a big time injury and also the fact that he kind of got replaced on his old team plus the you know running back free agent market. I do think this is a cheap guy that if you can get him for a really low price could come in and help the team. He could help help the team. We need some kind of guy that just hits a hole and runs instead of being the elusive, like ice kind of runners that we have. We need someone that changes the game a little bit. And Marlon Mack is that guy. But the key word is it's got to be cheap. It's got to be something that you can really get for the low dollar amount because we have talented running backs as it is. So if you spend a lot of money with this small cap space, basically that we're going to have after you do your own free agents, after you do your draft picks, you're not going to have as much as it really looks like. And if you spend a bunch of that on a running back, you're really just hurting yourself. But if you get him cheap, I think he could really contribute to this team. But as I've been saying before, I'm a, I'm big on getting the offensive line fixed this year. No exception. So one guy I looked up would be Nick Martin, who started all four years for the Texans. And he also has a contract extension that got him cut, really. That's basically why he's a free agent. It's not because of horrible play, but he hasn't had great play. He's just kind of been... Slightly above average, I guess, is the best way to explain this. So he, you could do worse with him, but I think he would be a decent signing if you got him on the low dollar amount. Well, and let's be honest, guys. I mean, if you're getting someone on the cheap, you're either getting someone that was probably injured, right? Or you're getting someone who's coming off of a down season and hoping that they can bounce back and play much better for you and that you can put them in a better situation to get more out of them. So I like that. I mean, especially on the offensive line, I think another guy that fits into that category is Austin Blythe from the Rams, who's had some time at center, had some time at guard, brings some versatility. I mean, if you look up his numbers, they're not going to be anything great. I mean, the best season he had was 2018, but at the same time, someone who's familiar with Brandon Staley, we know how much those you know relationships come into things. Another guy is Kevin Zeitler, who the New York Giants just released in. Although, you know, as far as pass protection goes, I think he was pretty average. The one thing I liked about him, according to Pro Football Focus, is his blowback percentage as far as getting blown back on running plays was only 1.1%. And, I mean, how many times did we see Chargers running backs get tackled in the backfield because the guy in front of them was just getting absolutely blown up? So a guy who, you know, is 31 years old, a guy that you could probably have on the cheap would at least help you as far as a band-aid short-term because you are going to have to fill two different guard positions. I do think that's someone that would be able to come in a little bit cheaper that you might be able to find some you know, average to above average offensive line play from, which for the Chargers would be a big step up from what we've seen with them. David, anyone else you want to touch on on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, I think another guy on the offensive line comes to mind for me is a little bit of an older cat, but he's a guy that's going to come in and help your offensive line right away. If you sign him to play left tackle, you think you feel pretty good about it, but you still want to get somebody else uh, in the draft, get some youth on the, in there as well. But Kelvin Beecham, the offensive tackle from the Arizona Cardinals, he came in, he's played you know, offensive tackle, played left tackle for many teams in the NFL, played very well, played with Jacksonville, played with the Jets played with Arizona. Um, you know, yes, he's going to be 32 years old, but he's still a very good pass protecting left tackle. And, you know, he's a guy that's going to be able to give Justin Herbert some space. So if they can get him for a decent dollar amount, which I think they would be able to, I would not be opposed to the Chargers bringing in Kelvin Beecham. Well, I have a guy also that's kind of on the higher age side, which would be Rick Wagner, who's also a tackle. He's going to be 31 entering this year, and he only started like nine games last year because he was mostly like a, a debt piece 
or a rotational piece, but you end up starting nine games, and I think he can possibly be a starter for the Chargers, and because he only started nine games, might be on the low end as well as far yeah. as payroll goes. I know he played a lot of right tackle. It would be interesting to see what he looked like on the left side, but I think with those guys, you know, one of the things that would work out for that, especially if they're cheap, is you could still draft, you know, your future left tackle of the franchise at number 13 and have those guys there to kind of, you know, maybe give them a month or two into the season to kind of catch up, especially not knowing what the protocols are going to be, not knowing how many training camp days you're going to get and all that. So I do like that. I mean, I like the thought of them bringing, they were going to have to bring in something, right? Because they can't go into, you know, the draft with Trey Pipkins as their left tackle. I mean, that's about as transparent as it gets as far as who the Chargers are going to take. So you have to have some sort of plan in place heading into the draft just so you don't, you know, know that you have to come away with a starting caliber left tackle going into the draft, or at least other teams know that you don't have to get a left tackle going into the draft because that's obviously, you know, something that puts you at a disadvantage. But I think there were some names on the defensive side that actually excited me a little bit more as far as value free agents that could make sense for the Chargers. So we're going to get into some guys on the defensive side of things coming up right after this to wrap up the show. But first, I need to tell you guys that if there's any kind of auto part that you ever need, there's only one place to go. It's rockauto.com. And for me, it's all about convenience. With the rockauto.com, not only are you going to get the best price because you get the same price, whether you're a mechanic or a daily driver, but the other thing is, is it's super convenient. You don't have to go into a store. You don't have to order something from a guy at the front and have him look through a book or a computer to try to find you what you need for them to potentially have it or not have it. You're not going to run into those problems at rockauto.com because it's so simple. Put the type of car in you have and a couple of easy clicks later, you're getting it delivered right to your doorstep. And I always say this too, if you need a part, you get a price from a mechanic or something like that, make sure you always double check it with rockauto.com to make sure you are getting the best price. All you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, guys, so to wrap up our free agent Friday, I want to take a look at the defensive side of things, and we obviously all want the Chargers, you know, to go out and get a premier free agent, potentially like a Corey Lindsley or someone like that, that you have a good chance of having him come in and, you know, be a really good player for you, and it's going to cost top dollar. But one thing that that means is the rest of the free agent spending, you're going to have to get some mid-tier guys. You're going to have to get some value guys on the defensive side of things and the offensive side of things. So, Let's look at some value defensive guys. So, John, when you're looking at someone that would come in and who isn't going to make top dollar on the defensive side that you think that would make sense for the Chargers, who would you be looking at? Well, it's going to be kind of a, a puzzling name, but Nadama Kinsu is the name I would think of. And some people will be like, I thought you said not top dollar. Well, he started off in Miami making $19 million a year and then came to the Rams for $14 million. Played in Tampa Bay in 2019 for like $9.3 million. Last year made $8 million. So his, his money's going down every year. So I, I would imagine that you could get him for under $8 million this season. And that's not really breaking the bank. And you get someone that's really good on the defensive line. It's a Band-Aid, I guess you can call it. But at the same time, it's going to be a really productive Band-Aid. And then next year when you draft your next big defensive lineman in the first two rounds, if you do, you can let him go after a one-year or two-year deal if you have that ripcord on the two-year deal like Telesco usually does. Yeah, I mean, I think that 
you're looking for difference makers on the defensive line. And right now, the only guy that you can look at on the Chargers defensive line, if you're counting Uchen Wosu as a outside linebacker, is Joey Bosa, right? And even he's going to be playing on the edge of the defense. So I would like, you know, Ndamukong Sue. I'd be willing to kick the tires on him. I'd be willing to bring him in. I do think he'd be an upgrade and bring some juice to that defensive line. And you wouldn't even have to play him as an every down lineman at this point in his career. He could bring a little bit of pass rush upside. I mean, more than you're getting from Justin Jones at the very least. So I actually don't hate that. I think another guy, as far as pass rushers go, that could make sense for the Chargers is Tyus Bowser from the Ravens. And we all know how many different pass rushers the Ravens have had. I mean, it seems like it's just a factory of guys coming through there and ending up, you know, as great pass rushers for them. We know Matthew Judon is another guy that's going to make a little bit more. And when you're looking at Tyus Bowser, though, I mean, I think he's a guy that you're buying low on, especially when you don't need him to come in and be a starter that's going to get you 10 sacks in a season. We're looking for rotational pieces. We're looking for guys that can be good in coverage. This is a guy that actually has those things. I mean, he has a pretty small sample size in coverage, but he hasn't allowed a passer rating over 56.2 over the past three seasons. The last two years, he's allowed 95 yards on 20 targets. So that's another good number. And then as far as pass rushing goes, he had 33 total pressures, according to Pro Football Focus, 20 hurries, two sacks, 11 quarterback hits. Last season, I did watch a couple of his games just to see what type of player he was. The biggest thing that stood out was 11 missed tackles in 2020. That's 24% of his tackle attempts. He ended up missing a tackle, but... It did seem like it was the outlier in his career. I mean, between 2019 and 2018, he only had one missed tackle over those two seasons. So that's something that tells me he should be able to get back to a normal spot there. And I think that he's a guy that could come in, be a situational guy, bring some pass rush upside, brings a little bit of coverage ability, adds to the pass rushing slash outside linebacker depth for the team, and also would come in at a pretty reasonable price. David, who would you get into as far as a value defensive free agent for you? Yeah, so a value defensive free agent for me, I was looking for guys that was going to impact positions on the defense that that need help. So pass rushers, corners, defensive line, those are the positions that I want to focus on when I'm looking at trying to add some quality to those places. So for the edge, for the pass rush, I looked at a guy who I think is probably going to be uh, not paid as much or close to as, as much as the top pass rushers like Matthew Judon and you know, Yannick Ngakwe and some of the other guys that are out there, but can come in and, and really provide some solid production for you. A guy that I think was uh, kind of stashed away and kind of hidden away there in Detroit, and his name is Romeo Okwara. Romeo Okwara had a pretty good year last year. He had 10 sacks, he had 61 pressures, and an 85.4 pass rush grade. So he's only 25 years old. He's only been in the league for a couple of years, but this is a guy, if you're bringing him in as a situational pass rusher, just a guy who you just want to set loose to get after the quarterback, he has shown a propensity to be able to do that. So I don't think he would break the bank. I think he would be a good quality player to add to the pass rush, and it would just bring you another legitimate option to get after the quarterback, which the Chargers need to do. They need to be more diverse. They need more players that can get after the quarterback. Romeo Okwara would absolutely help with that right away. Yeah, he's someone that has been kind of a late bloomer for them, right? I mean, this is by far his best sack total that he's had. And one of the things that stood out to me was the quality of sacks that he had. I know that he only was, you know, had five and a half expected sacks this season, which is, you know, sacks that you're expected to get going up against worse offensive linemen. 
being put in very good situations where you're unblocked or something along those lines. He actually, you know, way outperformed that. And I think that tells you it's not like like Bud Dupree, for example. I think 60% of his pressures came on either things where he was unblocked or he was getting blocked by a running back, something along those lines. I mean, when that's 60% of your pressures, yes, you're getting put in a good scheme to make it happen. But it's hard to say that, you know, he's worth it going forward knowing that he wasn't just beating guys one-on-one, didn't have the highest pass rush win rate and things like that. So I think Romeo Quara is a guy that, We'll see what he ends up getting paid, right? I mean, you're coming off a double-digit sack season. That's going to raise some eyebrows around the league, so it'll be interesting to see what that contract looks like. Another guy I want to touch on, if Tennessee Titan, would be Giant Brown, who's a linebacker. And another reason why you'd be getting him on the cheap is not only is he coming off of a dislocated and fractured elbow in 2020, which probably feels about as brutal as it sounds, but the other thing is he had, wasn't great in coverage last season, which is something that he had been really good at early on in his career. Last year, he allowed a passer rating of 115.3. Dan, why are you talking about this guy when he's so bad at coverage? Well, like we said, these are value-free agents. These are guys you're hoping have a bounce-back season. In 2018, he ended up allowing a passer rating of 67.1, 4.9 yards per attempt. 2019, 5.9 yards per attempt. Those are pretty good numbers, and obviously the Chargers don't have a lot of proven linebackers who are good in coverage, so maybe he's the guy that you could bet on a bounce back. And then Troy Hill. Highest coverage grade since 2018 for Jayon Brown. So, yes, there are some good things that I think he can tap back into if he's able to come back healthy. Yeah, and then I saw that Troy Hill, the average annual value for him was going to be somewhere around 6 to $7 million, which I saw which I thought was a little bit low, but it is a pretty flooded cornerback market. Maybe that's a guy, if he's coming in for that price, especially if you cut Casey Hayward and needed somebody else on the outside. Sean McVay talked about how much he meant. I mean, Brandon Staley talked about how much he meant to the defense and how he allowed Jalen Ramsey to do the things that he was able to do. That's another value guy that can make sense. John, anyone you want to touch on really quickly before we end the show? Well, it would be a guy who at one point was one of the best corners in the league. And now at 33 years old, I think you can get him on the cheap. Last year he made $5.8 million with the Bills, and that would be Josh Norman. I think he could be uh, just like Ndamukong Suh could be that one-year guy that comes in maybe in place of Casey Hayward to save you a cap hit and can give you at least one good year, at least one, until you're able to fix it the next year with the draft. I feel like the draft's the way we're going to fix the team. Everything else is just going to be these – Free agents are just going to be your band-aid, basically. And I think Josh Norman can do that really good man coverage type of player, which we need, even though he's he's declined a lot on the man coverage grade. But, again, this is a bargain, so we're looking for guys that are on the that have looking for bounce-back He's better years. in zone now, but, I mean, really, Brandon Staley runs a lot of zone. I mean, he had Jalen Ramsey in a lot of man, but the rest of the team was running a lot of zone. Well, he left Ramsey in a lot of man because Ramsey is really good. And can hold his own. Boy, Norman used to be that. And that makes everyone else's zones a lot smaller when you have one guy taking up a whole side of the field pretty much. Yeah, and Norman used to be that guy. He used to shut down Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, and all those guys all in one season. So he might have some of that left, might be able to bounce back if he stays with one team the whole year. I think he could be a bargain guy. I mean, I definitely think he would come out of value. I mean, he went off the table for me as, you know, right when he got stiff-armed into eternity. And I was just like, not, not my team. Not my cornerback, right? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I think, yeah, you're looking for guys that are going to have to bounce back. For the most part, you're looking for guys that might be a little bit older. And I think on the defensive side, with, you know, Brandon Staley, you're hoping some of these guys 
he can do something like he did with a guy like Troy Hill, turned his career around. Darius Williams turned his career around. Leonard Floyd turned his career around, right? I mean, this wasn't a, a defense outside of Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald that had a bunch of top-tier star talent. He turned guys that other teams had let go of, and he turned them into really good players, right? So I think especially on the defensive side, you think if they're bringing in someone in free agency, it's someone that Brandon Staley thinks, hey, I'm going to bet on this guy while he's a little bit down, and then I'm going to turn him into a much more productive player in my defense. I'm going to scheme him ways to be better. And I think that's what's so exciting, especially defensively, to see what type of players the Chargers end up bringing in because you know he's going to have a lot of say in that, unlike you know Anthony Lynn or much less Gus Bradley. But there is no more Gus Bradley, and this is going to be the end of the show so we can all celebrate after another good week. We'll be back with you guys on Monday, getting into, I'm sure, some news that we're going to get over the weekend, probably some cuts by the Chargers, probably some big cuts around the league. Excited to get back with you guys on Monday because Monday starts the tampering period of free agency where teams will basically come up with deals. You're going to start seeing deals being reported, even though they can't be completed till the 17th. We're going to start seeing that coming up early next week, and we're excited to be here with Let's you guys go, for baby. that. It's free agency time. Free agency frenzy continues on Monday with the Locked On Chargers podcast next week, and we're excited to bring it for you. But until then, if you don't already, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. You can also check out our new Instagram at Locked On Chargers. We really appreciate you guys tuning in this week, especially, you know, the hardships of me being out of town and trying to figure out how to record. We appreciate you guys. If you want to get your voices on the show, the voicemail number is 323-524-7924. I promise we will be doing a voicemail show soon. If it fits in with the draft and free agency, it's more likely to get said first or played first on the show. I know we've been backed up a little bit and it's been a hectic week, but we will get to them. We look forward to all the new voicemails you guys send in, but that's going to do it for the week. We'll be back with you guys on Monday, but until then, take it easy and go Bolts.